from the Cyber Hub Bunker and Studio. You're tuning in to the Cyber Hub Podcast. And now for your host and CISO, James Azar. Well, we had that kind of go in a loop there. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Cyber Hub Podcast. We're live Thursday, August 31st, 2023. And only in live shows do things go south like that every once in a while, where you don't take things out of loop. And so they just just keep going <laughs> and i love it all right so thank you for everyone for tuning in we're live on facebook linkedin youtube uh x formerly known as twitter twitch and rumble uh good morning everyone tuning in uh to this morning's show and we've got a packed one today so with all of that being said um join me for a cup of coffee this morning i've, I've got my uh, espresso here um really really cool so i'll go cheers y'all so long story short, I'll tell you guys something really, really kind of very interesting. So every morning I make my espresso and, and I'm really big on, on how the espresso is made. And I got a new machine and, and I'm not really happy with the new machine. So I'm like in the market for a new one. And, and my good friend, Jeff Schmidt, emails me, uh, texts me on Monday and he goes, James, there's a new machine. You should check it out. Here's the discount code. And so I ordered it. Yeah. We're, 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 you guys are going to be in for something very, very, very new and very exciting really, really soon. Once I get it, I'll do a back backstage video. So with that being said, though, let's go ahead and get started on this morning's show where Paramount is disclosing a data breach following a security incident. The entertainment giant is disclosing a data breach after their systems got hacked and attacker gained access to PII. In the breach notification letter signed by the Nickelodeon Animation Studio EVP Brian Keene, which was sent to affected individuals that the attackers had access to its system between May and June of this year. Based on the investigation, the PII may have included name, date of birth, social security number, other government-issued IDs such as driver's license or passport number, and information related to their relationship with Paramount. After discovering the incident, the company took steps to secure impacted systems, started investigations to uh, establish and extend the scope of it, Apparently, the incident affected just around 100 individuals who may have been had their information accessed. They're not yet to reveal whether these were employees, customers like Paramount Plus subscribers. Um, other details regarding the security breach were provided. Uh, Bleeping Computer has learned that this was not a ransomware attack, and it wasn't linked to the Clop Move It data theft attack. So we'll see. I mean, Paramount owns brands like CBS, Showtime, Paramount Pictures, Nickelodeon, MTV, Comedy Central, and Paramount Plus. It's, they boasted they have 4.3 billion subscribers across its service in more than 180 countries. So there's that. Montreal Electricity falls victim to the Lockbit ransomware as ransomware as the Lockbit ransomware gang is continuing their path of destruction. They've now taken credit for an attack on the Commission des Services Electriques de Montreal, which is a 100-year-old municipal organization that manages electrical infrastructure for the city of Montreal. The organization confirmed the incident on Tuesday, writing in a statement that it was hit with the ransomware on August 3rd, but refused to pay the ransom. It contacted national authorities and law enforcement in Quebec, the uh, uh, state in Canada, while making every effort to restore its system. The IT infrastructure has already been rebuilt. The criminal group at work in this case has been made public today. Some of the stolen data, like the CSCM, denounces this illegal gesture while specifying that the data disclosed represents a low risk of both security and the public for the operation it carries the incident caps a week of high profile incidents and news surrounding lockbit is outpacing any other ransomware gang spanish police have attributed stuff to him the french have as well and so 
with that being said, uh, targeting critical infrastructure though is 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 flirting with a line where you can get some really powerful people involved. Splunk on Wednesday, for its part, announced patches for multiple high-severity vulnerabilities in Splunk Enterprise and IT service intelligence products, including flaws in multiple third-party packages. The most severe of the bugs resolved in Splunk's Enterprise this month, the CVE 2023-4059-5, as a CVSS score of 8.8, which is described as a remote code execution issue uh, exploitable-using crafted queries, the next line is CVE 2023-4059-8, a command injection vulnerability impacting legacy internal functions, which could be exploited to execute arbitrary code. The latest Splunk release also resolves a cross-site scripting flaw, CVE 2023-4059-2, an absolute path traversal bug leading to code execution, CVE 2023-4059-7, and a privilege escalation issue resulting from an insecure path reference in a DLL, that's CVE 405.9.6. All vulnerabilities were addressed with the new version of 8.2.12, 9.0.6, and 9.1.1, um, um, which have all been done there. So you want to make sure you get your Splunk patched up and ready to go. Now, something for a lot of practitioners that tune into the show and a lot of the messages I see kind of daily come through post-breach, right? We often talk about the breach, like what's going on in Paramount and, and so many others. And we know lawsuits come through, but there, there, there are some precedent lawsuits that are going to be taking place here that are really going to increase and, and, and soar the cost of a breach for organizations. And, and this is one of them. And we've got two stories this morning to share. And these are really good, by the way, like board materials, sitting with your general counsel, sitting with your CEO when you get that time. And if you're just trying to explain to the business the importance of financing a good security program of building an effective security culture within the organization of, you know, building security effectively, then this is, the, these are two stories you want to reference and the links are in the show notes. So the first one is the breach at the university of Minnesota, where a lawsuit on behalf of former students and employees has been filed, alleging the university for not doing enough to protect personal information from the recent data breach attorneys for the two plaintiffs said in the lawsuit in federal court on Friday, that the university was, fully capable of preventing the breach. Now, this there's going to be, here's the thing about this. So this isn't criminal court. So the burden of proof isn't very high. All the burden of proof in this case could be a few uh, reports that say that the university is underspending compared to other university of its size or organizations of its size in order to say they didn't do enough. And that's the difference between an SEC or an FTC type of uh, a legal challenge to these uh, uh, commercial lawsuits. These commercial lawsuits, the burden of proof is very, very different. And the juries look at these very, very different. And this is likely going to go to a jury trial. The university has declined to comment on the lawsuit as they should, since it's a, uh, anything that they say could be used in court as part of it. The university didn't specify how they learned of the issue. They haven't given a lot of disclosure in regards to the breach itself. But a uh, cyber express, a new site focused on security, posted a story about the claims from the attackers that, that they've accessed 7 million social security numbers dating back to 1989. Uh, the report also said that the attackers gained access to the university's data warehouse to analyze the effects of affirmative action following the U.S. Supreme Court decision. The FBI and the Minnesota Bureau of Criminal Apprehension are investigating the breach. It's yet unknown for attributions, but this lawsuit is, is definitely 
there. And the lawsuit also accuses the University of Violating Minnesota Government Data, Pra uh, Data Practices Act. Uh, it doesn't specify how much money they're asking. They're likely going to leave that up to the jury. Now, here's the second one. Rackspace is facing massive cleanup costs after their ransomware attack. So eight months ago, the folks over uh, at Rackspace went through a incident by the Play Ransomware gang uh, on their cloud hosting services. Remediation costs are now topping $10 million as they try to continue and repair the damage caused by the ransomware. This includes legal fees and frontline costs of cleanup, which have now amounted to $10.8 million. The attack, which occurred in December of last year, disrupted email service for thousands of customers of the managed cloud hosting service companies. Many are small to mid-sized businesses. The ransomware attack came in the form of a zero-day exploit on a server-side request forgery vulnerability within Microsoft Exchange Server, CVE 2022-41080. Uh, in a U.S. filing, the company noted how the expenditure largely go to cost to investigate and remediate legal and other professional services and supplemental staff resources that were deployed to provide support to customers. In addition to these costs, Rackspace is also facing its own legal challenges, many of which are seeking funds through compensary to through monetary compensation via monetary funds. Rackspace expects a significant amount of the cost to be reimbursed by their cyber insurance companies. It hasn't noted if any of that has been uh, paid yet or if they're still recovering um, what are we now? Uh, September is tomorrow, so so nine months later. Apple opens the 2024 applications to get security research on iPhones. And just before I move into this Apple story, just just to kind of give you, gang, uh, an idea here. The, the reason this is significant, when you look at these lawsuits and the post-breach cost, is because insurance only covers a small bit and portion of this. There's an aspect that is the unknown cost, and that unknown cost is significant. That's the loss of customers. That's the loss of employee trust. That's turnover in HR. That's people who leave the company because of a data breach because it, it, it has negative impact to potentially their reputation, being part of the company, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Those costs add millions and millions to it, and these are the hidden costs, the hidden fees that come along with these the, the, with these different breaches and these post-impact ones. And that's really important that we as, as practitioners of cybersecurity communicate that effectively to, to leadership, to the board, and to our own teams in order to build resiliency so when these events do take place, we're, we're really well prepared for them. So Apple, for its part today, announced that iOS security researchers can now apply for a security research device by the end of October SRDs are iPhone 14 Pros with disabled security features and shell access that make vulnerability research possible on the otherwise locked platform. Apple is describing them as specially built hardware variant of consumer-ready devices, providing researchers with the tool to deactivate built-in iOS security safeguards. If they receive a 12-month renewable loan, researchers can use it to install and boot custom kernel caches, run arbitrary code with any entitlements, including as platform and root outside a sandbox, set NVRAM variables, install and boot custom firmware, for secure page table monitor and trusted execution monitor new in the iOS 17. Applications are open until uh, October 31st, and the link is in the show notes for all of you awesome people that help make us secure. Go and please help Apple, and I'm glad to see Apple do this after multiple zero days in the last uh, uh, 18 months. It's great to see them opening this up for the community and making it more of a community effort because security, like raising kids, takes a village. 
Let's focus on China here as we end today's show with China groups spreading Android spyware via a trojanized signal and telegram apps in Google Play. They're primarily using this malware to target the Uyghur, uh, Muslim, and Turkish uh, ethnic minorities in China, all of which are Muslim and all of which are in brainwashing camps at this point. So the apps Signal Plus, Messenger, and Flygram tout features and modifications not available with the official versions, which is how they're getting people to download those. But in reality, they offer legitimate functionality and they also exfiltrate device and user information. In the case of Signal Plus, they even enable the threat actor to spy on communications. Researchers over at uh, ESET discovered the campaign and say that the telemetry shows thousands of users have downloaded both apps from the Google Play Store and the Samsung Galaxy Store and, and websites that the threat actor set up for each of the two apps targeting their potential victims. The security vendor said it detected infected devices in 16 countries, including our very own here in the great United States of America, Australia, Germany, Brazil, Denmark, Portugal, Spain, and Singapore. Uh, these are all places where you typically see human rights activists really fight for the minority uh, Uyghurs in China. Uh, based on the analysis of the bad bazaar user, espionage is the main goal with the focus on signal communication, in this case of malicious signal plus messengers, according to ESET researcher Lucas Stefanico. The campaign seemed to be active since malicious Signal Plus messengers is still available on Samsung Galaxy Store, as was recently updated. So this obviously is going, and this has big impact for these victims simply because they're using these to stay away from Chinese surveillance. The Chinese government is surveilling them. They're surveilling their relatives who are Uyghur and Turk minorities, both in China and outside of China. And so this has significant impacts. By the way, I haven't seen a UN put a report on this. Pointing that out for all of you UN fans out there. And another cyber espionage group linked to China has been targeting government-related organizations and tech companies in various parts of the world. Trend Micro is tracking them as Earth Eastry says the group's been around since at least 2020. They're not the director, the firm, while well, the firm hasn't directly, directly attributed Earth Estries to any particular country. It did point out that there are some overlaps in TTPs with an APT known as Famous Sparrow, which is Part of the CCP-aligned sparkling goblin, Trend Micro is aware that victims in the United States, Germany, South Africa, Malaysia, Philippines, and Taiwan, evidence shows that entities in India, Canada, and Singapore were also attacked as part of this group. They typically compromise admin accounts, hack the targeted organization's internal servers, then they move laterally to deploy backdoors and other tools while collecting and exfiltrating data. The list of malware used by the group include the Hemigate and Zing backdoor, all of which are attributed to China. So... Well, you know, they don't want to say it here on the show. We don't hide behind the bush. It's China. And we know that China does this kind of stuff. So um, that's it for our show today. Um, tomorrow, another dropping another awesome black hat uh, with my friends over at Adaptive Shield. So that'll be tuning in live tomorrow to catch some of our post black hat content. Thank you for everyone watching us this morning to Reggie, Jeff, Brent, Cecil, Cecil, what's happening, man? Ciso XC is, is, is what, 22 days away, y'all. Uh, if you haven't been to Ciso XC in Dallas, check it out. And so with that being said to everyone on YouTube, we see your comments and Twitch and uh, Discord. Thank you all for being here. Thank you all for watching the show. We'll be back on Monday at 9 a.m. with all the latest. And tomorrow, a special Black Hat uh, episode. So tune in for that as we talk about identities and the new perimeter around identity. Till then, have a great weekend. Have a great rest of your day, y'all. And most importantly, stay cyber safe. 
We love feedback, so make sure to connect with us on social media and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform.